You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. All right, everyone, welcome to the Seeking Excellence podcast. I am Nathan Cranefield, your host. Really excited today to dive into our first episode with my man, Father Jonathan Meyer. So Father Jonathan Meyer is a pastor at All Saints Parish here in beautiful Guilford, Indiana. He's also on the board of directors for Seeking Excellence and one of my go-to guys, whether I need to talk trash or actually get some wisdom and some guidance, love seeking out his opinion and just hearing what he has to say and what he has to share. So we're going to be diving into a series that we're going to be doing for however long, however long God gives us stuff to talk about. And you and I both have a lot of words to share. So I imagine it might be a while, but we're going to be talking about leadership and just the way that that uh, takes place in everybody's lives and just the need to take responsibility for the roles that we play and the, the influence that we have with other people in our lives. So Father Jonathan Meyer, it's great to have you here with us today. Nathan, it's great to, uh, to be here. Thanks for coming out to Guilford, Indiana. And uh, we're here in southeastern Indiana, kind of on the Indiana side of Cincinnati. And uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful, sunshiny day out here and a great day to talk about things that are really important. Yeah, we had some wonderful outdoor mass today. So yeah, it is a beautiful drive. You lose service on the way out here. You got to get lost to find it. But it is it is a nice place. Yeah, we say our mass is outside here because it makes people feel more safe. That's right. <laughs> what a great leadership decision. Yeah, it's Safety is a big thing in leadership. That's right. Amen. So, Father Meyer, if you would, I'd love to just have you kind of walk through who are you? Tell us a little bit about your story. How'd you get here to, to beautiful Guilford? Yeah. And so I'll just kind of talk here a little bit. And if you have any questions along the way, feel free to absolutely interrupt me, Nathan, and we'll kind of go from there. But anyways, uh, so yeah, I was, I was actually, I'm kind of from all over is how to describe myself. I was born in, in Michigan at age of five, moved to Wisconsin. I uh, lived there for 11 years. At the age of 16, moved to Indiana, um, and I've been a Hoosier since then. Did uh, graduated from high school uh, in Indianapolis, and then did two years of college in Evansville. And then I made the decision, the radical decision, to become a priest. So I entered seminary up in Minnesota. I went to a seminary in Minnesota for two years, and then I studied for four years in Italy, uh, the North American College, and then have been ordained a priest for 17 years. And in that time, I've served as the director of youth ministry and young adult ministry for the Archdiocese of Annapolis. I have been assigned at two different parishes as an associate. I've been the pastor of a conglomeration of three parishes and now the pastor of All Saints Parish, which is four former parishes that are now one parish. 
And for the past 10 years, I have been coaching cross country and track in public high schools. So that's kind of my, uh, my journey, one might say. And uh, it's been a pretty awesome one. That is great. 17 years means you must be getting a little old. I am. I got gray hair and I'm <laughs> slowing down. It's increasing. Yeah. You and me both, though. You know, I have, I have a little bit of pepper, pepper in there also, salt and pepper going on myself. So that's great. No, thanks for sharing that. I think, uh, I think that's, that's a good little wrap up of your, of your story. So I think uh, your experience, obviously, as a pastor, as a priest in general, but also your coaching experience with, with kids really helps you to understand not just leadership in general. I mean, I mean, just talking about those different positions you just talked about, like you've led from the grumpy old lady that, you know, somebody stole her, her pew and mask to the, the high school kid that's going through her, his or her drama, you know, like you just, you get to see a lot of the world and just a lot of the, the church's population. And, and you actually coach at a non-Catholic school. Is that correct? Correct. I'm, <clears throat> yeah, I'm currently uh, coaching at East Central High School here yeah. uh, in St. Leon, Indiana. And I coached at uh, Jennings County High School uh, prior to being here. He just got promoted. Uh, I am now the head. I was the, hey. assistant. I was the assistant cross-country coach, and I'm the head cross-country coach for East Central High School. So it's been a, been a crazy few weeks. And so the people can catch you in the cassock out there <laughs> coaching track and field, yeah? They can, yes. I don't actually normally – I wear my cassock into the school. I, I normally change into some athletic <laughs> clothes. But I do coach in my clerics uh, for all the meets because I'm – I, I do whatever they, I do all the workouts with the kids. Right. So whatever they do, I do at the practices. That's baller. That's a great leadership example. It is a great leadership example, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure, yeah. I, I mean, just through all those things, you must have learned a ton of stuff about leadership, influencing people. And then, you know, we really wanted to just come together to, to share some of our, our wisdom that we've learned over the years, you know, with my military background, things that I've done, either just leading in the faith on small scales, large scales, uh, from being a parish consultant to leading Bible study in college. And then your experience as a coach. And I think one thing that I think I really value in our relationship and just that I've learned from you or that I've heard you emphasize, whether it's with seminarians and conversations with me is the fatherhood of the priesthood and just like the aspect of that. And just really just taking on uh, that role as the father of the parish, like the spiritual father, but just, just embracing that similarly to how a father of five, you know, a father of six, a father of two. Yeah. I think every leader ultimately can, should be able to look at their life and say, okay, these are the images that I have in my head mm-hmm. that form me as a leader. And for myself as a priest, that primarily is just going to be the image of what is a father and what fathers have I known, what fathers have I experienced, what fathers have I seen sometimes do really great and amazing things, but sometimes also do some pretty yeah, negative things that, that impact things. Uh, the image of coach tremendous uh, influence in my life in the role of a leader. Um, seen a lot of really, really great coaches, seen some very, very bad things that have happened with coaches uh, in the lives of young people. Um, for me, without a doubt, <clears throat> the image of, of, of the good shepherd, I think is a powerful image for me of leadership um, and then for me, one of the last images would be just like the image of, of really like the encourager, like how do, I, when I was a little kid, I remember like being brought into a classroom. It was this, it was, it was in school and they were, they pulled kids out that they thought would be leaders one day. Uh-huh. And I was actually chosen for some reason. And uh, I remember just like one of the, like 
being challenged really kind of like at an early age being asked like what is leadership and just like at that moment in my life like I, I thought like one of the most important things that a leader needs to do is just like be an encourager i think like I have this whole theory that if you look at why people choose their careers. So I spend a lot of time with high school kids because of coaching. And I think it's really interesting. Like every senior, get, every senior in high school gets asked like a thousand times, what are you doing next year? What are you doing next <laughs> right. year? What you, it starts in their junior year. At least year. a thousand. Yes. Yes. I always like to like ask like, and I'm not trying like psychologically, like what determines when like I go to this kid and like, so what are you doing next year? Yeah. I'm uh, I'm really looking at going into microbiology. I'm like, you play video games until two o'clock in the morning with your friends every single night with a headset on sitting in a dark room. And like you, you're telling me that you're going to go and study microbiology. Like that's, you're going to be your major and, and you're going to drop between like 40, $50,000 a year on that in an out of state school because you're this is your form of encouragement. No, but I'm just like, so no, no, it's going to get to the encouragement. I know. I know. It's just funny. At some point in that individual's life, one person, it's normally one person said, Hey, you want to know what, Johnny, you're really good in this biology class. One word of encouragement can like set up, it literally can determine someone's whole entire life. Right. And one word of discouragement, exact same thing. Someone Absolutely. says like, you're not very athletic or you can't sing well, or whatever. You're a slow reader. Like that person's done in so many different ways. Um, so I just think it's a huge, like we can talk about like different like aspects of leadership, but like, what do we mean about like, we can talk about like a leader, like, okay, I'm a Catholic priest and like, uh, I might be the owner of a business or I'm the head of a committee. Um, like everybody's called to be a leader. It's one of the things that you always right. talk about. Absolutely. That everyone's called to be a leader and, and we, we, we truly are, but like, how do we really bring as, as, as a leader, how do I help every single individual? How do I lead every individual to be the, the person that they're called to be mm -hmm. the saint they're called to be? How do I lead every individual to become the best version of themselves? So like, it's not just a leadership role. Like, hi, I have a, a badge on my name that says I'm the president or that I'm the whatever, like a title after my name or letters after my name or a position that I've earned. It's also the fact that like every single day I am called to lead people to greatness and I'm either going to do that or not do that. And I'm going to lead people to their calling in life and I'm going to do that or I'm not going to do that. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's huge. Right. Absolutely. And we can all do that in different ways, you know, and I think that that's so important. And I try to remind people of that all the time that we are all called to be leaders, every single one of us. And not, not just, not just that we're called to be leaders, but every, everybody's a person of influence. Everybody's either encouraging or discouraging, you know, to, to bring it to a more universal level. Like you said, I mean, it's not just a positional, a positional thing. Like leadership is influence and influence is, is done by everybody. Yep. We're all doing it every yep. day. Whether, yep. we, whether we like it or not. And so I think how can we, you know, thinking about how can we really start to embrace and understand the level of influence that we're capable of having with other people, you know, because that's what I think it comes down to is people being able to say, wow, I can really make a difference in, I might not be able to change the world right now, but I can really positively impact somebody's life, especially when it comes to young people. But even like I see the way that my mother or, you know, people in the parishes respond to the encouragement that I give them. 
you know, just me trying to set an example for them in the faith or whatever it might be, just the positive and the joy around having, you know, a deeper faith life and showing people what the love of God can do in your life is, is powerful, you know, for people at all ages. They really don't. People are so hungry for it right now. You know, people are so desperate for the joy and the peace and the love that comes from knowing God that they don't, they don't discriminate on age, you know, like it really, they're just so happy to see anybody who's got the joy and has the fire for the faith. And so I think it's really important for people to recognize like, Hey, I might not have a positional leadership, you know, like it might not be an official this or that, but uh, I have to take responsibility and ownership over what I do have influence over. And I think we we're shifting in, in a, hopefully a positive direction of, of things not being so, I don't want to say pre-centric as if that's a bad thing, but people, also like the lady also taking responsibility for our share of the, our share of the battle, you know, because it's one thing, obviously, like I want you, you're the pastor of this parish. Like if I was a member of the parish, if I was on staff, like I want you to make the final decision. It's your responsibility, you know, ultimately. So it's like, it's your call for everything, but, but you still have to, you can only be in one place at one time, you know, Uh, as far as I know, at least, you know, I'm trying to work on that. I pray to to Padre (laughs) Pio on a regular basis for by location. Praise God. Uh, It's not happening yet but I'm working on it. Yeah, that's good to know. But that's why, you know, I use the example of college all the time. It's like, we had a great chaplain at Mount St. Mary's University, Father Brian Nolan. And it's like, okay, Father Brian's crushing it. He's awesome. I love that dude. But he's not at the parties. and He's not at PT for ROTC. And he's not at soccer practice, you know? So like he needs, just like Jesus needs the people to be sent out. Like priests need help and assistance as well. Yeah. The lady going out and us being able to influence the culture too. And I think that's something that the church really needs to, or really could learn from the military on is that when you have a private, you know, when I had a a new private come to my platoon, it's pretty understood that if you're going to stay in the army, you're going to become a sergeant. Like you're going to be an NCO, a non-commissioned officer. And so you, you know that you're, you're always training for that next position up. You're always looking at that next level. But what I see a lot of times, especially with church people, but people in general, I mean, you see it on sports teams, like people are just not focused on what is my next level? Like, what am I aiming towards? They don't have that vision of understanding, okay, even if I'm at a very low level of influence right now, you're still impacting people's lives. You're still influencing others, but there's like supposed to be some, there's supposed to be some next level of, you know, leadership or influence or whatever that you're training and preparing for. And it's the same thing when people are preparing for marriage, right? Like everybody wants to be, or not everybody, but a lot of people want to be mothers or fathers eventually, husbands and wives. And like, what is parenting? You know, it's similar. It's a similar thing. You're shaping, you're forming people, you're casting them on vision, you're encouraging them. Like it's leadership. You know, a lot of the same principles apply to that. But people aren't thinking about what what's coming down the line. What do I need to be prepared for, and how can I start preparing for myself for that right now? Yeah, I think kind of that the idea of next level is is huge, and you see mediocrity and minimalism being such a huge part of the church, such a huge part of congregations, such a huge part of sports teams. And people will live their whole lives just willing to be led by others instead of saying, no, like I'm going to call number one, I'm going to constantly seek greatness, but I'm also like realize at some point a transformation takes place. We're like, Oh, wait, hold up. This isn't just about me, but this is about me calling other people to greatness as well. Mm -hmm. Like you'll see it on sports teams all the time. You see, you know, the, the young individual who realizes all of a sudden like, Whoa, like I can help my teammates. And the more that I help my teammates, I'm actually helping the whole team. And this is no longer just about me. And there they are, like encouraging their teammates and making a huge impact on the team because of that. But yeah, that that <clears throat> that call to greatness is huge. Um, that 
quest for excellence. Yeah, it's really important. And I think that's one of the key things too, is understanding that the first person you lead is you lead yourself. Yeah. You know, from the time that your alarm goes off in the morning, like you're, you're making leadership decisions right there. Are you going to get out of bed? Or are you going to hit snooze? What's going to be your first thing? Are you going to go straight to your cell phone? Obviously, if you have a flip phone, that's a little bit less desirable, maybe a little bit less tempting. <laughs> Thank you for that was that, the flip phone that closing. <laughs> that's my flip phone. I'm glad we got that. That's good. People probably haven't heard that in a decade. So, I mean, that's that an experience <laughs> for a lot of these. these I've actually, it's crazy. I've actually met more and more priests that are going back to a flip phone. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a trendsetter, but I'm just saying like, I, I honestly. But you're not like, saying you're not one. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I'm not one. Uh, anyways. That's big. No, thank you for sharing that with everyone. You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I do appreciate your logic behind it. You have a good reason. We might have to do a whole show on that sometime on, on why the flip phone. <laughs> the flip phone is the way to go. Yeah. For Un, some. Unplug. Yeah, sure. Oh my goodness. You're a nut. But I think, uh, going back to that. Yeah. Like you, you lead yourself from the first decision that you make, you know, um, it's just so important for people to understand that that is like that you have responsibility and stewardship over your own life, you know? And I think that more and more we see the society that we live in and the world that we live in pushing people away from that. And, and as the victim mentality increases responsibility, ownership, stewardship of ourselves, the gifts and talents that we have, our resources, diminishes you know it it proportionally goes down with the increase of victimhood and so i think that it's just incredibly important i I think like the first thing that you have to do as a leader is take responsibility and understand and i think this is critical too because one thing that gets people distracted as leaders a lot of times in in a present day and age is that people are taking responsibility for things that are outside of their responsibility neglecting the things that are within their responsibility and and that's giving people all kinds of backwards and all kinds of backed up and that's why we see this increase in depression, anxiety, and things like that, I think because people are largely focused on things that they can't control instead of taking the time to focus on what can I control. And I get it, you know, like we all get to points like that where you like get overwhelmed and discouraged by stuff you see in the news or friends you're having conversations with or romantic relationship or your parishioners, you know, there's a number of things that could discourage you and distract you from whatever your purpose is. But it's so important for us to just, even if it's once a week, twice a month, you know, once a month, taking and saying, okay, what, what is within my realm of responsibility? What is within my sphere of control and influence? And how, how are those things going? You know, taking some time to just reflect and say, how are, how are things going in these areas? And like, what am I neglecting? What am I failing to do and take ownership over? Yeah, I was a chaplain of a football team for a while in Jennings County. And the, one of the phrases that the head coach would always say is, you got to control the controllables. Like, what are the things in my life that I can, I got to control the controllables and, I, and like the rest of it doesn't matter right now. And I can be overwhelmed by the things on the outside. I can be overwhelmed by the noise, by the, but in my life, I, all I can do is what I can do. And so often we think about all the things we want to control or we want to be able to, and it just, it doesn't work. Right. And so we got to first and foremost have, you know, we've heard the phrase before, you know, you can't give what you don't have. And uh, so part of the, you know, part of leadership as well is that you have to be taking care of yourself because if you're not on your A game, you sure the heck can't lead others to be on their A game. And so often you see coaches, uh, leaders uh, who are, you know, and then you get into the whole realm of, of hypocrisy. They're like trying to help everybody in the world, yet they themselves are a train wreck. And that's not authentic. 
So that's not what Jesus wants. And so that self-possession is key for me to be able to, to truly lead others. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think avoiding hypocrisy is one of the big ones. And, and just like the different areas, if you think about all the different kind of examples of leadership that we've given so far, we talked about parents, we talked about coaching, we talked about the military, we talked about priests, every single one of those, most people can imagine somebody if they don't, if they don't know someone, for sure, like a personal example, they can easily imagine somebody in that one of those roles, not practicing what they preach, and can envision or imagine, you know, comprehend, very easily comprehend the outcomes that come from that. You know, like when you are, I, I know as a platoon leader, like they push that on us all the time. Like you don't ask your soldiers to do anything that you're not willing to do, you know, and you talked about it earlier, but just setting that great example of whatever the kids do workout wise, like I'm going to do it with them. And I mean, how that's extremely rare amongst high school coaches, you know, like I never saw that when I was a high school athlete, I can tell you that, but it's just awesome because I think that it's so important for people to recognize I mean, there's so many failed parents, I think, out there or failing, struggling parents who, who think that they will succeed just by telling their kids to do things that they are not willing to do and that their kids will listen to them just because they're their parents. And then you see the rebellion. When you go to college, you start to talk to those kids, you know, you see them rebelling and doing whatever they want because that doesn't work. You know, if you're not seeing the example, because half of learning how to live your life well is not just hearing about it and understanding the theories, right? And understanding like, oh, this is good and this is bad, but also seeing an example of somebody live it out because everything's cute. I mean, like you can read the gospel, like that's all fun and, and, and wonderful, you know, like to, to read some of the, the nicer parts of Jesus that people try to highlight, but they don't always put that into practice in a way that uh, allows people to start to see, okay, that's how you actually navigate these things today. And that's why we need the church now. That's why we need living saints now. That's why we need to come to mass. That's why we need to hear good homilies. That's why we need to uh, reflect on how we can apply this to our lives. Because the hard part in a lot of ways is starting to say, okay, I understand the gospel challenge, the, the gospel message and what Christ is calling us to, which is challenging in and of itself. But then even harder is to say, okay, now how does that adapt to this really like uh, you know, kind of gray situation. Like not everything in life is black and white. It's not always easy to say, like forgiveness, for example, like to say, okay, I'm going to forgive this person, but I'm not going to let them back into my life. Like th there's a the gray area sometimes with forgiveness. We know that we were supposed to call to forgive, but what do you do after that? You know, and if you're not giving people an example of how to actually live those things out, like that's where people really, I think, get transformed and are going to be able to be uh, to really follow in somebody's footsteps because you're just, you can't just point them in the right direction and say, go out and get after it because they're going to hit something rather soon, you know, that they haven't encountered before. And if you don't have an example of how to overcome this obstacle, it's a lot harder to get over it and to move past it. Yeah. It's wild. So, yeah. So I know one thing we wanted to talk about today was the army's definition of leadership, which I love, right? There's a lot of things I did not love about the army, but I love <laughs> this definition of leadership. So I'm going to read it real quick. So the Army's definition of leadership is leadership is the process of influencing people by providing purpose, direction, and motivation to accomplish the mission and improve the organization. And so for you, what do you think of, you know, with those three big things, I think is, is purpose, direction, motivation. Let's just dissect this a little bit. What do you think of when you think of giving somebody a purpose? Well, I'm actually going to take it back even a little further. Do it. So then we were talking about like leadership is the process of influence. Like I'm just, I, I have to stop mm -hmm. there. Like, like influencing I think like right then and there, you like that's such a huge part, and the influence that we have on individuals, like that is leadership. Like we can like take the rest of it, 
It's the process of influencing. So I influence every single person by every single thing that I do. The way that I look at someone, my body language, um, the smile on my face or this, you know, the, the, the mean look on my face, the, whether I look someone in the eyes or I don't look someone in the eyes, like all of that influences people. Your tones. Yeah. yeah. All of that influences people. Dress, yeah. And so the process of influence is huge. So leadership is the process of influencing people by providing purpose, direction, and motivation. So we here at All Saints Parish, we consider ourselves to be a purpose-driven parish. And we have a very clear purpose. And it has been one of the most transformative things as a priest is to have a clear purpose. Like a lot of people talk about we have a mission statement. We came up with a purpose statement. And I'm not even joking. Like it is like blown our minds. So like, I think a great question for, for, for every, what is the purpose of the Catholic church? What is the purpose of your parish? What is the purpose of your family? What is the purpose of your organization, your business, your committee? Uh, what's your purpose of your cross country team? Whatever it might be. If you don't know what the purpose is, and a lot of people have no idea. Like if you just, if I, if I was like to go into a room of 200 Catholics, be like, um, get out a piece of paper and write down the purpose of your parish. I would get 200 different answers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we've come up with a very clear purpose of like what our purpose is here at All Saints Parish. We promote it. We talk about it, communicate it. And it is, it's, it's been transformative. Like knowing our purpose, speaking about our purpose, and then striving to like implement action plans to fulfill our purpose uh, more effect, more effectively and more efficiently. So like our purpose is we are the saints that God is calling us to be by providing faithful teaching, authentic worship and compassionate service, our faith and actions, nourish, engaged Catholics, inspire unengaged Catholics and invite all the Christ church. Like it's our goal that every parishioner can like rattle that off. Mm -hmm. Because if you know your purpose, then you can live it. So like leadership is the process right. of influencing people by providing purpose. It's like, People need purpose. They need to know what they're supposed to do. They need to know what they're like. So many people feel like, well, I don't really have a purpose, right? This is why, why Rick Warren's book, you know, The Purpose Driven Life, like was a bestseller. People feel like they, they don't know why they're here. Right. You know, if you ask someone back in the day that said the Baltimore Catechism and God bless those people, the majority of them are like, you know, the Baltimore Catechism is, 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 is used in small circles within the church, but like they knew like, why did God make you in the sense of like, what is your purpose mm -hmm. to know God, to love God and to serve God here on this earth. So I can know, love and serve him forever in eternity. Like, so I, I love the purpose aspect in there. Um, so the process of influencing people by providing purpose, direction and motivation. So I, I, I love both direction and motivation uh, in both of those as well. Uh, people need direction. They need a vision of where they're going. They need to uh, be led in that way. And then the motivation part is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the one thing that I think, you know, jumping back to purpose is just the need for intentionality in life. And it's something that, you know, I saw somebody post on Instagram just a couple of days ago. They were kind of like joking about like, I hate people say you have to be intentional because everything you do or say is intentional. It's like, dude, almost nothing people do or say is intentionally done. You know, people never, I mean, it, like it just kind of boggled my mind when you just said, what is the purpose of your cross country team? Like that would take me a second to stop and think about, but you tell me these high school kids, you know, 
are, are stopping to think about that on a regular basis? Like, what is the purpose? Why am I doing this? To actually think, why am I going to do this? Especially because I, I think high school is, is probably the most formative years for when you become unintentional, you know, of when you start to just do things because people are telling you to do it, you know, and you kind of get conditioned to do that, right? Like somebody, you're, you're so conditioned all the time to just do something because somebody said so, or because that's what's cool, or because it's what's PC, or it's because it's what's socially acceptable, that you, you really start to lose that intentionality of understanding why am I doing this? And it's not saying that, you know, you have to have a, a deep philosophical reason for why you chose Fruit Loops over Frosted Flakes, but when you're talking about your job, or you're talking about where you're going to do, like what you're going to do this weekend, like just being intentional to say, again, goes back to what I talked about earlier of taking the be kind of, uh, you know, doing an audit every now and then, or just kind of taking the temperature on these different areas of your life so that you can say, okay, how am I doing in these different areas? Like what needs help? What needs the most work right now? Then you can be intentional with the way you spend your time, with the way you invest your time. And your approach to something is immensely different when you understand the purpose, you know, and I knew, I learned that big time in ranger school. I read um, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning before I went to ranger school. And it, I mean, it's all about suffering. Like he was a psychologist throughout the Holocaust and went to Auschwitz. And so it's, it's all about kind of like his idea of suffering. And like part of my purpose for going to ranger school was to understand that on a deeper level, you know, and just become a better man and like learn how to suffer well. And so doing that, I mean, it completely reshaped and shifted my experience there and completely changed the game for me. But I think that people have to, have to, have to, have to understand how intentional we have to be with understanding what is the purpose of what I'm doing. On a grand scheme in my whole life, like seeking out that purpose and praying about that, but also just every little small thing that we do to a certain extent has to, we have to understand why we're doing it and take, take stock and, and evaluate, is this adding value to my life or to the lives of other people? Is this making me a better version of myself or is it making me worse? A lot of people, people drift into mediocrity. They drift into, you know, being, even people, you know, we talk about some of the extreme stories, whether it's drug dealing being addicted to drugs, like people drift into that typically, you know, it's not one intentional decision that they're like, I'm going to ruin my life today. You know, people typically drift into those, you know, far away from God lifestyles. And so what people, what people's perception of purpose is, is an either opportunity for a ripple effect that will lead people into transformative living or genuinely a life of self-destructive behavior. Like it really is like that. It's that clear of a break. Like I'm either going to be like, my life is going to go down to some really dark paths or my life is going to be, I'm going to have a life of transformation and my own life is going to transform other people's lives. Like what is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of living? What is the purpose of, of whatever it is that you're engaged in, whatever organization, whatever, like it's huge. If we don't, understand purpose and yeah, there is nothing to be intentional about but as soon as we understand purpose there's a lot to be intentional about and you have to keep it in front of you and i think you do a good job of doing that here at the parish but just identifying it once you know because I, I can see i can see different areas of my own life where i've identified the purpose of it could be a job or whatever and then over time you, you lose sight of that you know and you lose sight of that and that's when you start to see people get you know, angry towards whatever they're doing, or they get negative. You know, people become. Well, if you look at negative. the rhythm, of, I mean, if you look at the rhythm of the church, why does the why does the church ask us to renew our baptismal promises every Easter? Why does the church invite us to so much of what the church invites us to do, like liturgically, is rooted in a constant remembrance of who we are mm. and the purpose that we have, right? And 
that's quintessential to, to good living. Yeah. Well, you got to have it. And in the army, we used to always, we always, you know, task and purpose were like our, our key things. Every time you tell somebody what they're supposed to do, you have to give them the purpose behind it, you know, task and purpose. And I mean, you want to demotivate soldiers, like not giving them the purpose behind things. You can do it every now and then, you know, and it's fine. And you have to do it sometimes, right. As a, as a leader, you're going to sometimes just, somebody needs to just do something because you told them to. And they just have to execute. You know, we don't have to have a, a long drawn out understanding of every single thing. But most of the time, it's a great habit to get in to be like, you need to do this. And this is the reason why. Kind of giving people the task and purpose. Imagine if we did that better in the church, though. Yeah. Imagine if every, so imagine like if leaders were better at that in general. Mm-hmm. I need you to do this for your penance when you're in the confessional because this penance is going to help you be liberated from sin, be more generous, be more charitable, be more patient. I need you to genuflect when you walk into church because I need you to show better reverence to Jesus, truly present in the most blessed mm-hmm. sacrament. Like I always call it the why. Yeah. So you can talk about purpose or why, but without why Roman Catholicism is a very, very odd looking <laughs> religion right and a lot of people have no idea what the why is sure all they know are the things that people are required to do and outward manifestations and it doesn't look real good right and i think that society in general is moving more towards wanting to have more purpose and wanting to understand those things more you know because i think that there was and it's kind of something that i think is really interesting and a lot of authors and stuff and speakers identify this but like the World War II kind of generation, like our my grandparents, your grandparents' generation, like they did do a lot of like almost meaningless jobs, you know what I mean? Or like those, like more just like getting after it, just like physical labor, whatever it was, like just simple stuff. But now I feel like people have shifted to where like that purpose and understanding of something is incredibly important. And I think that, I mean, we, we have whatever low percentage it is, 30% of, of, of Catholics believe in the true presence. Like we have, I mean, people don't understand any, like I, I can think of how much stuff I don't understand as far as parts of the mass. And I've read books on it, you know, and I've, I've asked, I have a lot of conversations with priests and I understand, I feel like a decent bit, but there's still so much of what we do or what we're called to do. Or even, I mean, the penance is a great example of like, why, why should I go do that? You know, why should I come do these things? And that's, I mean, that's one of the best things that we can do for an evangelization. I think, and as far as leaders in the church, both lay and priests, it's just, it's just to give people like, why should you go? Why should you go to confession? Why should you get married in the church? Why should you go to mass every Sunday? So they often speak about what used to be known as the pray, pay, obey mentality. So yeah. um, <clears throat> whether you want to talk about World War II generation, but like the goal of a Catholic was to pray, pay, and obey. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do mass. I'm going to pay. I'm going to put my 10% in the collection every single Sunday, and I'm going to obey whatever the priest tells me to do. And none of those really exist in our culture anymore, right? I mean, yeah, we can talk about people, like not like they did, not like they did. And because people question things now, I think it's part of the Google mentality that you can ask Google um, or Alexa anything in the whole entire world and they'll give you an answer. And if you wanna fact check anything in the whole entire world, you can fact check it right then and there. So we live in a world where people are hungry for purpose. Mm -hmm. They're hungry for purpose. And if we don't give it to them, they'll find an answer, but that answer might not be right. And that answer could be really, really bad and really self-destructive. So in this realm of leadership, yeah, um, 
purpose is important uh, without a doubt. Yeah. And so I think the second step of that, you know, just to briefly touch on it is, is the direction, you know? So after I understand why I need to do something now, I need to know how to do it. And I think that it's something that we, we have assumed, especially in the church for the longest time that when you tell me to go pray for 15 minutes or to read scripture and pray or something like that, that people know how to do it. Yeah. So can we just pause for a second? I'm just going to go on a little tangent here. So like all of a sudden <laughs> we're like, Hey, let's shut down every church in the United States of America and tell everybody to make a, a spiritual communion. That was the dumbest idea in the whole entire world. Now we can talk about like whether we should shut our churches down or not shut our churches down. But the dumbest idea was to tell people to make a spiritual communion. Why? They have no idea what it is. Never done it. They don't know what the purpose is. And they've, they've never even heard of the word spiritual communion before ever. I had the most engaged Catholics had no idea. One of the first things I did when I saw that in the directive that came out from our diocese was I went and made a video about what is a spiritual communion because you can't lead people and not tell them. So go back to like task and purpose, but, but 90% of Catholics who didn't go to mass online, by the way, and didn't watch devotions online, like they have no, they, they, not only did you shut down their church, but then you left them with nothing. And you thought that by saying, Oh, make a spiritual communion, you'll be okay. That they were going to be okay. Right. You, you gave them a task, but you didn't give them a purpose. You took something away, you made a void, and you left a pothole in the middle of the road. And no direction. Yeah. Bad leadership. Just good luck out there, kid. Yeah. Let the internet help you figure it out. Yeah. We're going to go take a couple months off. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. The direction, it's just incredibly important. So t- I mean, it goes back to also being the living example, but you also have to be able to explain to people, this is how you do that, yeah. you know? And, and giving people the direction of like, this this is a vague guidance. doesn't mean we have to micromanage as leaders, but it does mean we give some people some general direction and some guidance on how to, how to carry out the task. And then, yeah, you hit on a little bit already, but motivation. I mean, just how important is that? And talk about something. Another thing the church has just neglected for a long time is like, oh, wait, like, it's like my responsibility to inspire these people every now and then. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it is the priest's responsibility, but it's also my responsibility. You know, I have to motivate people around me as well. So can we like go down a little road here for well, Let's go like, down the this road. This is like one of my things right now that I'm like super fired up about is like exactly what you're doing here, Nathan. Yeah. So you can praise me as much as you want. So please. Yes. Please, so on. it's really interesting. So for those of you who are listening uh, that haven't yet fallen asleep, um, <laughs> get out a piece of paper and I want you to write down every lay evangelist. If you don't know what that means, I want you to write down every lay talking head or person that you can think of that inspires you in the faith. Then I want you to get out a piece of paper and I want you to write down the name of every Bishop that you follow on Instagram, that you follow his YouTube channel, that you follow his preaching because they are inspiring and they're doing a really good job catechizing and teaching. The primary role of a bishop is to teach. Most likely outside of Robert Barron, that list very possibly is totally empty. So now go on to the realms of what priests have like inspired you and thrilled you. Okay. And it's really, really interesting, but I think like, we just continually find that that right now in this era in the church, like 
we are finding more and more lay evangelists who are out there inspiring and encouraging and catechizing and teaching and less and less priests. And I think that it's a, I think I really do think that it's a, it's, it's a, it's a great topic. Um, when it comes to like, yeah, who, who is out there really leading right now? Like, and we can talk about, okay, well, in my parish, I have my pastor. Okay. And thanks be to God you do. But right now, like the platform of the world is the internet. And, you know, we have Mike Schmitz, we have Father Robert, we have Bishop Barron, we have Bishop Dolan, um, we have Father Larry Richards. Uh, and then the list is going to get like really slim, really quick. And the list is going to then like start getting into camps. Like, do I like Father James Martin? Do I not, not like Father James Martin? Do I like Father Mark Gorin? Do I not like Father Mark Gorin? But I'm telling you, on the lay side, there are, if you go to any, any men's Catholic men's conference or Catholic women's conference, look at their flyers. It's all lay people. And then they, they like out of mandatory necessity, they invite the local bishop to say the mass and his name gets put on the flyer. But like, it's, I, don't, I, I think it's a huge compliment. I think it's a huge blessing of the Second Vatican Council. It's a huge blessing. I mean, like, you could, like the list goes on and on. But like, I looked at a, it was a, it was a study the other day. It was a uh, hundred of the best speakers in the Catholic church. A hundred of the best like speakers slash presenters. Out of the 100, 24 were priests and 76 we're lay people. Do your own research, people. But someone's out there inspiring and motivating, and turns out it's not the clergy. What does that mean about leadership in the church right now? It means that whoever's listening to this, uh, you have a role and you can do it, and it's called turn on your phone. Turn your phone on, turn on your camera, and like be a leader and inspire people. Like, this is not rocket science anymore. This is called like the world is starving for leaders and we're, and, and like people can do this. Anyone can do this. And like, we need more people to do it. So that's one of my things right now. What do you think about that? It's awesome. I think it goes back to the, yeah, just the example. And that's like the most inspiring leaders that I've ever had. The most motivational people I've ever had in my life are the people who are living the example, you know, the people who are out there fighting hard, they're getting after, they're disciplining themselves. They're putting in the work needed to be whatever it is that they're trying to call me to be. You know, because you've gotten a lot of empty words in your life, I'm sure, just as I have before from different people who have said, oh, you should do this or that. It's like, you never do that, you know? But the people who are actually getting after, that's when like, that's why, you know, a high five from LeBron James to a young basketball player, you know, means a lot. It's because like, wow, this guy's like really putting in the work. You know, he's doing something amazing. And, you know, I, I tell people that all the time that like, Half of the reason why I push myself hard in the military or other things that I do in my life is so that I have more juice. Like I have more, you know, like credibility with people so that when I encourage them, it means something. And so that's the need for us to take this personal responsibility, especially when it comes to our personal holiness, is to push ourselves to commit ourselves to daily prayer, to the sacraments, to getting ourselves back to confession and being the man or the woman that, we're need, that the world needs us to be so that we can go out there and motivate and inspire people to be who they're called to be. Amen. I agree. That's good. I feel like that's a good one. That's a good, uh, 
Has this been a good talk? Good first recording. Have you done a good job? I think so. Are people excited? Do you feel good? I feel good. <laughs> Me too. I feel good.